Hey, Minus 3 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball's regular season, Stanley Cup playoffs, if you're still watching those. Those are so five minutes ago. And so much more. Great new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sportsbook, don't you know? Because it's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings delivered in as quick as two hours. And of course, it's always fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same-game parlay, and you can discover the most popular same-game parlays each day right when you log in. If you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Just make sure you sign up with the promo code MINUS3, the word MINUS, the number three, so they know we sent you Eddie Spaghetti. Let's light this candle. MINUS3 with Dave Damashek. Yes, hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus 3. Upcoming in a matter of moments, one of our oldest, uh, greatest pals here on Minus 3. In fact, used to be here every week with us. We love to visit with him whenever we can. Jeff Schwartz is coming up in just a second here. In the meantime, playoffs times two, NBA, NHL, they roll on. I'm resentful that they've decided to continue. With the NHL playoffs, despite the absence of the Pittsburgh Penguins, I'm bummed about it. I think Eddie Spaghetti, on the other side of things, is very happy about it. I'm looking forward to talking about some NFL win totals coming up. AFC West is where we're going to focus there. Um, Wanted to say, though, uh, before we jump in with, uh, with shorts here, I go back and forth, and I feel it deep in my balls. I really do sometimes. I really think, what am I doing? Why am I watching sports? This is uh, I, I, this uh, is unnecessary torture. It, there's one thing, like some things are unavoidable in life. When your car breaks down uh, on the freeway, all of a sudden you are jammed up with uh, a tedious, torturous next several hours or maybe several days trying to resolve your bad car and trying to hitch rides and so on and so forth. Sports is a choice. And I ultimately, I go back and forth on whether or not I should uh, get uh, get away from this because it really uh, is shortening my life. And Spaghetti, you may not like this. I know you're happy about the Rangers beating the Penguins, but as I've told you uh, separately, you should be over the moon in life. You just turned 30. We went, we had a big party, or you had a big party with your family and your friends and everybody was there and it was wonderful. And that was a really nice time. And I'm glad you got to watch your Rangers win in overtime in game seven. It's a memory that you'll have for the rest of your life with your family. That's what's great about sports. Some things are more singular, your enjoyment of it, what you derive from it. Sports is about connecting with your family and everything else. Because here's the point. Even if you weren't over the moon in life, if life wasn't as rosy as it as it certainly should be, and I think you acknowledge you get to talk about sports for a living, you get to crack wise, you have a nice girlfriend, you have a, you have nice parents and everything else. Even if you weren't over the moon at this station in your life, your personal life or, or your, your sports watch in life, Sunday's Game 7 would have put you there. That's the, the great f- uh, effect of what sports does. I mean, these goons who are Rangers fans, who are sending me videos and sending me their tweets and everything else, enjoy the game. This is an iconic moment for your favorite hockey team. The rally against a big bully who has won many cups over my lifetime. I'm satiated with that. For the Rangers fans who've suffered for a long time, good for you. Enjoy it. Spaghetti, like I say, you got to watch it with your family and friends. 
I didn't have that benefit, but I was able to sit there and text with my sister, Amy, who I've gone to hockey games with, uh, you know, for, for literally, I'm embarrassed to say 40 years now, my uncle, Mike, who taught me the way of, of puck, who I've always talked to. He and I text messaging throughout the game, throughout the series, my old man who took us to all those games when I was growing up, not to be maudlin about it, but the guys who I grew up with in Pittsburgh, uh, two guys who I largely watched with, Brett and Richie. Richie's the guy who passed away a, a few years ago. He and I <clears throat> would go to Brett's bar. He was a bartender in Pittsburgh in springtime. And he would give us free beer and wings. And we would sit there and we'd watch these playoff games. And I hold those memories extra dear, obviously, over the last couple of years. But Brett and I sat there and without Richie, we, we carried the torch and we sat there and we texted the whole game and enjoyed it and suffered and, you know, winced and were disgusted at game's end. But at least that connection <clears throat> was made. And I'll tell you about Richie, the importance of sports. And people can say, well, this is uh, that's weird or whatever. If you don't get it, you don't get it. I don't know what to tell you if you don't care about sports. I'm sure you turn your nose up at, at this. But Richie passed away. I went to his uh went went to his uh service and all that and it was in the fall and um in in december and the steelers had a game later in that same day and i went over to his house and these are i don't know you know this is a nice family you know uh, great people and everything else and as we sat there after the fact the the Steelers game was on and people rallied around it and we watched the game while <clears throat> while we were sitting there talking about Richie and everything else and how much he loved it. There's a, a, a connection that transcends where you are in your life that sports provides win, lose or draw. So I decide here and now as big a pain in the ass as they are, as bummed out as I am about the Penguins losing, I'm going to keep them in my life. And not just because I get paid to talk about them, but because I can't imagine my life without them. Um, you know, and keep in mind going forward, blue shirts fans, spaghetti included. Don't grab, here's the thing you, in life, they always say like, control what you can control and don't worry about the stuff you can't. Don't grapple with this inescapable truth. The likelihood is, that you don't win the cup this year or in the next five years. You have a great chance to do it this year, great chance over the next half decade, but the odds are you're not going to get that cup. So enjoy the journey. That's what I've learned in life. I've gotten to watch my teams win, but the journey is more important. It's what it buys you for next week and for next month and the conversations and the moments that you get to have with the people that are important in your life. Um, I could go on and on about the about the pens here. You know, I know you've spent a lot of time talking about you don't think Gensel's goal was a goal in game seven and that the refs, I told you, I thought the refs got it wrong, that goal in game one with a minute and a half to go. So be it, you know. But, we, we you know, we, we can't get consumed by that stuff. Our pal Kevin Hench gave me a great piece of advice. I'm sure you remember... Well, spaghetti, you probably don't. You're too young. I don't. I actually, I maybe vaguely recall watching it as a little kid. But Super Bowl Forty was a major event in Pittsburgh, PA, because the Steelers finally had returned to the Super Bowl and they won it, and it was an important thing. But it was checkered for football America because, or a lot of people said, "You guys didn't deserve it." There, there were some terrible calls all through that game, and people beat me up, and I argued with them. No, they, no, there weren't. Those were good calls, and I will make that case to this day, and I'll go through them one by one about why they weren't terrible calls and why that each one was, you can make a case, was 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 a decent call by the, the officials. But Kevin Hench told me after that, he said, 
he's a, you know, he's a Patriots fan, obviously, Spygate and everything else. And he said, and steroids with the Red Sox and all that kind of stuff. He said, trust me, pushing back at people is not going to, is not going to give you any satisfaction. Just accept it. Just say, yeah, you're right. It was a, it was a fluke that we got by, but we did and so be it. That's, I think that's a, a good piece of advice um, that, uh, that he gave me. And, you know, I've seen the Pens win. I've seen the Steelers win, believe it or not. I've even seen the Pittsburgh Pirates win a Major League Baseball World Series. That's how old I am. In fact, I met another pal of mine in Pittsburgh, David Gefsky, um, over those Pirates. In 79, we were in third grade, and we started talking about how great it was that the Cobra and Pop Stargell and all those guys. And, and you know, then that led to us. Um, we bonded over those buckos and we played little league together and we grew up together and then we didn't see each other for two decades. And he got in touch with me a couple months ago and we, uh, met up in Westwood over a couple of belts. And what did we talk about? We talked about sports, of course, because we went to game four, of the Stanley cup final in Chicago together to watch the penguins lift the Stanley cup. Of course, this is part of what we talked about, by the way, a funny thing with David Gesky, the other thing we talked about was, my family went over to his family's house in 1984 to watch the Broncos Steelers game. The Steelers were overmatched, Mark Malone, a quarterback, and uh, it was supposed to be an easy win for the Broncos. But the Steelers won. But with, I think, like two minutes, two and a half minutes to go in an improbable upset, Eric Williams of the Steelers picked off John Elway. And he's running down the sidelines and we're in his house and everybody, we're all sitting on the big, uh, big couch. And we all jumped up in excitement, interception. And David Gefsky stepped on the remote control and turned the TV off. Like, like something out of a movie. Like he turned the TV off. Like, what the hell happened? Uh, I get the TV. And we turned it on. And, and then by the time we got it back on, like they were all celebrating the interception. We're like, damn you. But these are the memories that last forever. And I, I'm not sure exactly what my point is uh, with that, but I think, yeah, I, I think you get what I'm, what I'm saying the journey is great if you have people to share it with um and uh, so i've i've decided that i'm gonna stick with sports and that and that's my uh, my final verdict on that now let's uh let's get spaghetti before we get to shorts here let's get your home run pick of the day we do it every tuesday here you can go yard all summer long with five dollar dinger tuesdays on FanDuel. this season all customers get five dollars for every home run hit by both teams when you place a 25 dollar to hit a home run wager on Tuesday MLB games. And the best part about Dinger Tuesdays is even when your bet loses, FanDuel will pay you $5 for every home run. Spaghetti, this is where he shines. Or, uh, frankly, this is where he did shine in 2021. 2022, he seems to be hitting on the right team, but not the guy specifically who's going to hit the home run. Here's your, uh, your chance to make good, Spaghetti. Go. Yeah, well, I mean, if you guys are betting uh, different guys on the team, you're doing all right. I went with Pete Alonzo last week, big, strong guy. Big, South strong guy, I, right. I, I look and, and sound like uh, I'm going to go back to my Yankees. Well, only went there once. And the day I picked them, I picked the wrong guy as the two other guys uh, hit a home run. By the way, Yankees right now, only team baseball with three double-digit uh, guys in the home run category. Anthony Rizzo, John Carlson, and Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge did not play yesterday, a rest day, versus the uh, lowly Baltimore Orioles. He's coming back in line up tonight so i like to go with aaron judge here yeah it's a pretty chalky pick really as chalky as you can get 
But right now, Aaron Judge Dano run is plus 245. So you're still getting uh, plus money here. Um, you have Spencer Watkins pitching for the Orioles. He's a 5.19 ERA. Uh, I, I just like Aaron Judge Dano run here. And if you hate my picks and you hate the Yankees and you want to go against me, I'll give you a bonus one. Cedric Mullins has two home runs and nine at bats versus Jamison Tayon is pitching for the Yankees, too. So if you despise the pinstripes, you can go there. But I like my guy, Aaron Judge, the MLB home run leader, to hit one finally. And maybe I'll get started on the right track here. O's, Yanks, uh, make a wager. Remember, there's no better place to make one on America's number one sports book. All you do is, like Spaghetti said, head over to FanDuel, uh, get into your account or download the app and sign up. But make sure you use the promo code minus three, word minus number three to pick your home run, ride with Spaghetti, fade him, however you do it. Just make sure you use the promo code minus three. And as we get to Schwartz here, let me say, I, uh, I apologize for, for my voice. I, I'm a pro's pro, though, because I'm toughing it out here. I coughed up something that wasn't beige so much as it is, I think, taupe, because it had some elements of, of gray to it. Um, but look, I'm talking into the microphone right now, so be inspired by that, hockey players and NBA players thinking about taking off a, a playoff game from your life. And with that, let's get to our pal, Schwartz. Got to squeeze in a quick break. Here he is, everybody. Does he need an introduction? No, but I'm going to give him one anyway. You know him. He's a multiple Shecky Award winner. He's a big star over on FS1 now with his big boys club talking about big fat people who lean up against other big fat people effectively. Make sure you track that down on YouTube and otherwise it's gangbuster stuff. You see him on FS1 and beyond with our pal, Cousin Sal, talking about gambling. It is, of course, longtime NFL O-lineman and our pal, Jeff Schwartz. What's the poop, fella? Yesterday, my kids were playing in the family room, and I tell them no matter how many times, don't play on the couch, but they never listen to me. So at one point, I'm turning over there, and my son is like, this is how people block people in the NFL. And his hands like straight out like this, ran full speed, and dove on the couch. So that's, I guess, I'm teaching him some valuable lessons how to block people. So it's good that he's watching Big, Big Boys Club, obviously. He's paying that's pretty good. That's show. a fun, you know, are your parents, that's a, uh, uh, are your parents, um, unusually sizable because you and your brother, that can't be a fluke that you're both gigantic human beings, uh, right? They didn't come from normal sized people. My mom is, I think five, 10 ish, maybe five, nine and a half. Okay. My dad is six, one and a half, but he's like two thirty. He would look, he looks one eighty five. Like he'd be like, there's not, he's not, come on, not two thirty. Um, my grandfather on my dad's side was six feet tall, which is super tall for that era. Mm-hmm. Um, but my parents always say, so, when we were young, maybe a couple of years old, when we got the fridge the first time, the freezer, I should say, they used to order um, meat and poultry and fish and some other kind of food items. And it was in a giant freezer, like a fridge sized freezer, though, but it was in the garage or a big deep freezer. Mm-hmm. And we used to get the food every six months. And my parents believe that the food had hormones in it. <laughs> that made us grow so big that that's the working theory so far wouldn't that be great if that even was though, true even though it's obviously not true because we were huge babies so like it's not true but it's a working theory about why we're so big is they it's like a spider-man yes. it's like a spider-man arch nemesis yes. origin story yeah they, so, so they the, ate what they thought was normal meat but it was injected with radioactive <laughs> material <laughs> <in it>. uh, <laughs> and the best part about the freezer too was you know, we're younger. It was six months. Every six months they delivered food. When I was a senior in high school and Mitch was a freshman in high school, that freezer lasted two months. So six months of food went down to two months in the time that we, yeah. So like, it's funny when I, 
like growing up as a kid, going to the grocery store, we never bought any of that stuff. Like it's such an, you know, now I go and I buy meat and poultry and whatnot at, at the grocery store. We didn't buy any of that. Like we just it was always in this freezer. You know, like, hey, you're hungry. Go look in the freezer for some food. <laughs> it just was in there. We had, well, you know, now that you mentioned that, that is such a, is that a 21st century thing? I, I feel like I don't see them. I guess maybe Ted Dahmer put a stink on them about 30 maybe. years ago. But those, I, not the stand-up fridges. It's a stand-up one. About one of the, well, no, we had we one. had one in our basement that was one of the like like you know yeah. thrown like a bed kind of. I thing. had one, of, and so you would I open had, it up. Yeah, I had one of those, and I just we never used it. Like I feel like free, I feel like a freezer in general are getting bigger now. Like my freezer in my kitchen is big enough now to handle everything we need for a family. But I think you know in, in the maybe this is like in you know when you didn't have reliable electricity you know when you didn't have like you just had a freezer where you, you 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 put a big block of ice in there and you had stuff like we don't have that food is widely accessible to get right now i mean now it's a little different the last couple of months but you know like it's easier just to go get something now you don't have to to go drive two hours to the store bring it back home put it in a freezer with a block of ice like it's different now so i don't think i would i thought about getting a cow like like ordering like a half cow whatever a quarter of a cow <laughs> but here's the I problem thought you here's, meant i thought you meant like president taft oh, i love no, no. everyone's <laughs> like once every year or three i'm reminded for whatever reason of this and i just think it's the most marvelous uh presidential story of all time what is it well you know taft was yeah, the, he's he's a big fat guy yeah. yeah i mean not no he wasn't like hey, he's heavy set guy was, no he was yeah, he was 350 yeah. yeah a gigantic man um he loved milk so much <laughs> That he had that he had a cow at the White House? on the front lawn of no the White way. House. No, Absol- way. I can't remember the name of the horse. I'll look it up. Uh, I uh, mean, horse or cow. cow for you. That's he had one cow, and I don't remember if it died, and then he replaced it. But they both had funny names. The other, uh, this is more the stuff of myth. This isn't verified, and people debate this. But on the day of his inauguration, allegedly Taft took a bath at the White House. In one of those, uh, you know, uh, claw tubs. Yeah. And he got stuck in it. And aides had to come and butter him to pull him out of the, the, <laughs> okay. the, the, the I just hope that's true. And I don't care if it is. What's he going to do? Sue me? If the it's cow's not- name is Pauline Wayne. That's right. Pauline. <laughs> I mean, how much? I mean, any nor any human being loving milk to that degree, but he's the president of the United <laughs> States. So he has a cow on the front yard. That's insane. I don't think we talk about this nearly enough. He was anyway. known, the cow was known as Miss Wayne. She replaced the lesser <laughs> known uh, Mooly Wooly, which provided milk for the first <laughs> for a year and a half before somebody died in 1910 after reportedly eating too many oats. Maybe since you're a diehard Carolina Hurricanes fan, everybody knows that. And oh, yes. Eddie Spaghetti's Rangers are playing. Maybe that should be the bet. One of you inherits Mooly Wooly as a nickname. <laughs> whoever loses, that would be a. I'm such a hockey fan that I knew that the Rangers and, and Hurricanes are. Are you guys? I'm just. I, I, I'm just checking on you, Dave. I know you're not that big of a hockey fan. You know, no, listening to the no. podcast, I understand that you're just a tiny bit of a Pittsburgh fan. I, um, I watch it out of like a sense of loyalty, you know, to the city. I, or I'm. I watch playoff hockey just because I think it's entertaining. I think a game. I know it's gonna. You know, it's gonna hurt you a little bit, but a game seven overtime goal at home is like the greatest thing in sports like the fandom oh yeah and it's like absolutely incredible i watched the videos from rangers fans and from flames fans like it is 
the coolest thing in sports. There's really nothing like it. I mean, I mean, literally, I goal maybe in college. Are you being hyper? Yeah, I don't think you're being hyperbolic here. I mean, like at the rank them out. Like, what is the single greatest moment? Now, distinctive. Joe Carter's up there, like a like a game seven walk off home run, right? But it has to be at home in like a game seven. Like football, you don't get that. I, I guess like the pick six Auburn, you know, scoring on that, you know, not pick six, the 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 kickoff return, the hundred and eight yard, you know, against Alabama kick six, kick six. But that's not like that. You don't get the same vibe. Like, I think no, the, that's the, like the David Tyree catch. It's such yeah. a it, it, there's a fluke to it, and it's so specific to that situation. You wouldn't, you know, it's not like I hope I see one of those when I'm at the game. Like uh, that's yeah. that's a. But if you're going to a playoff game. Uh, you know, an NHL playoff game, there's a chance you're going to see an overtime oh, goal. It's, it's and and it's the what it is, is aesthetically to your eyeballs. If you're watching it on TV, obviously, if you're in the joint, if you're listening on the radio, any of those, it goes from you feel the swell in the in the crowd. You feel it. You see the chance if you're watching yeah. it coming. But then when it goes in, it goes from seated to arms raised 18,000 times over. It's it's yeah. it's just spectacular to look at that uh, ah, everybody at one yeah. time doing that it's uh, yeah there's and nothing dressed, that, like and typically everyone's dressed do you notice in calgary too everyone wears a jersey i was like everyone's wearing a, a jersey in the crowd and everyone's just like going going ape shit like it's insane and so it's a very as a, just a sports fan it's a very fun celebration to watch i don't think there i i yeah i don't know that there's uh anything comparable we've talked about football's best plays i think a block punt for a touchdown that gets you know gets scooped and scored is pretty yeah is is maybe the number one i mean you can lay out a circumstance of like if it's in double overtime and our guy <laughs> makes a 57 yard field goal like you know those kind of things are perhaps more exciting what's but anyway. the equivalent of your buckos winning a baseball game where they didn't get a hit <laughs> as i said as i said i don't know people were like making fun i said like listen all right stay cynical this this team's magic they don't most human beings, most uh, baseball collectives require at least a hit to win a game. Not these buckos. This is a charm year. Get I, on I board think it's now. A safety. I think it's winning a game two nothing in the NFL. I thought about this. It's a two nothing, like, and it has to be a fluke safety too. Like the quarterback has to throw the ball, slips out of his hand, rolls out the back of the end zone, and you win two nothing, right? But but then you get to credit your defense. Like, I, what is P- Pittsburgh gave up hits? So it wasn't like they had a perfect pit. They got like four hits, I think. <laughs> they won a game with one. Their line was one zero one, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Funniest thing ever. Yeah. All about uh, the Buckos 2022 <laughs> baseball season. That's for sure. Actually, I'm more about football. And so I do want to mention your great work two years in a row. You had a great idea. I remember talking with you about it three yeah. years ago. What about the equivalent of those QB camps that we would see on video on ESPN of, uh, of Gruden? kibitz in with uh these these uh, student athletes who wanted to be nfl qbs you said why not an offensive line version of that and of course that makes all the sense in the world because no one uh, understands what goes into being good at pushing big guys around with the exception of you your pal duke yeah. um and, and and a small handful of others by the way uh quick self-promotion our mutual pal ross tucker another one yes. of those guys who pushes people around is uh he and i are chopping up uh, uniforms on his podcast later today but um you did an entire series for a second year in a row aka the big boys club and you sat down and you with, with the high uh, you know the the highest rated prospects yeah. evan neal and beyond so if you're a giants fan and you didn't care about Evan Neal a week or three ago. 
I imagine you now do track it down on YouTube or otherwise. Is that the best place to find it? Yeah, YouTube is the best place to go. We have the full show, which includes uh, a really fun pedicure. We I took the kid the kids to a pedicure. We went to get our. It was so it was so funny, man. We we went to this place kind of like closing time. And they were just in awe. Like there was, it was seven, it was, well, seven, it was the five offensive linemen, me and Duke. And then eventually the crew, they, they, they all put their cameras down and got their own pedicure because it looked like so much fun. So we kind of closed this whole place down. It was a lot of fun to see them, uh, to see them do that. So we have, we have some fun things like that, but really you know, the individual vignettes of, of all the players, uh, if you want to specifically focus, if, if you're a Giants fan or Evan Neal, you're a Seattle fan, and Trevor, uh, you mean, and uh, Charles Cross, Trevor Penning with New Orleans, uh, Darren Kennard with the Chiefs, and then Andrew Stuber, I think, I think with the Patriots in round seven. You can find all those. Um, we talk about their, their origin stories, where they came from, you know, what they like about football, what they're good at, what to improve on. And it's a lot of fun. And uh, so, again, the full shows on YouTube and then all the little individual shows on each player. You learn about their backgrounds. Um, and, you know, you obviously want to root for the guys when you learn about who they are as, as people. And it's a lot of fun, man. Like, there's something special about it. And you've been around a, a, enough offensive linemen to know this. Like, we're just weird and quirky, and we always have a good time. And it's just so much fun to be around uh, my own people for a little bit, right? And we just have the best time uh, filming this show and getting it done. It's year two already, and we're talking about like a year Puzzle three. Time. So yeah, it's pretty wild. And I, I, I'll just give a shout out to Duke too. Like this couldn't be done without Duke because Duke is training all these guys in Dallas at Sports Academy, and you know he's getting. He had three of the top four linemen taken. He would he almost had four for four. Icky was. Uh, plan on coming down to Dallas and just didn't make it. So, you know, he's able to to have players of this caliber to to beat his facility and we're able to use them obviously for the show. So he deserves credit for, you know, his work and, and being such a great uh, person, first of all, but just a great trainer and guys that trust in him and want to go work with him in Dallas and we're able to use that for the show. Jesus Christ, you done you done dancing? You done chilling? No, it's it's great stuff. Duke's marvelous. Schwartz is marvelous. Both good senses of humor on top of digging in on uh, on what makes guys good at uh, at like I say, pushing around other sizable human beings. So yeah, marvelous stuff and uh, and muzzle tub. And if you are a football fan, you should uh, dig in on that and and distinguish yourself from the sea of pretentious football fans who pretend that they understand who's good at uh, at uh, offensive line and in pro football. Now, college into pro. Yes. Before we jump into some pro football, because we have reached the, I don't know if I like it. Well, I, I certainly don't like having to wait now several months for pro football to kick off. That's, that's how I look at at my sports life, life. My sports fandom. It's like, <laughs> it's always a journey for me. And how far can one thing get me to the next thing? So like the Steeler season ends and then it's like, okay, now it's time for puck. And then how far can the Penguin season get me in the summertime before the Steelers kick off? Because of course I can't lean on on Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. This is my rooting interests I'm talking about, not as a uh, as somebody who likes talking about sports in general. We've reached that place on the calendar now where pretty much every team, and I, you know, I always say like, except, uh, you know, you could talk yourself into any team making a playoff push. And then I always put the asterisk down of like, except for the Houston Texans. But I can, I, I, how, this is how crazy I am. I can kind of talk myself into even the Houston Texans this year. It's just when you look at the rosters no, in a silo, you uh, when you look at them in a silo, you can kind of be like, they have some pieces. They have some decent players. What if Davis <laughs> Mills is good? So I want to dig in on that. But to college right now and yes. all the stuff, you know, you're an L.A. native and, uh, you know, uh, 
inexplicably somehow became a duck instead of a Bruin or a Trojan. Um, but we're looking to see Jordan Addison, the best receiver in the game yeah. last year's it, it, well, it sounds like he's going to land at USC, but maybe Texas. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see on that. But it really I'm all for obviously for the, the for these guys who are putting their asses on the line in a collision sport, you know, just because they're not professionals yet. They're still um, risking their well, their physical well-being by being out there. And yeah. in the meantime, the networks and the, and you know, the conferences and everything else are making a fortune off their back. So, of course, they should make money. But I do worry that we're basically just going to lead to like Bama spring game, uh, like Crimson V Cream, and like three times over, it'll be USC, Alabama, Georgia, and like one or two other teams. Just that th those will be the only. I mean, it already kind of is that vibe, yeah, it, but it I feel like it's going way. further in that direction now. It's like, uh, how would any team be able to compete? Well, it, it, against those teams. Yeah, yes and no, okay? I understand from a Pittsburgh perspective, right? Like I'm not, you, no, I'm you, not bad. I'm fine no, with no, him no, going. No, but. No, but, but I'm saying I'm saying I get it. Like, look, you 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 bring a player in, he plays well for you, and then he leaves when he gets more money. Like, I understand how that's not great for college sports. But I'll tell you this, though. Right now, college football is very regionalized, right? Mostly the South is where the winning is happening, and like Ohio State, a little bit of Clemson. But again, that, that's the mm -hmm. South. Um, and so – if NIL and pay-for-play and collectives help USC be better, but Oregon right now is spending a ton of money. They have the number two, I believe, NIL program in the country, that the most athletes on campus getting name and likeness exceeded $2 million. So they're like, so let's say this helps USC be better and Oregon be better. And let's say it takes AM in Texas to be better because they're paying a bunch of recruits and they're getting guys there. And now we have a more balanced college football, right? We have good in the West Coast. We're, we're, we're good in Texas again. We're good in the South. Oh, Miami's paying a bunch of the players. So we're, so we're better in Miami. We're still going to be good at Clemson. We're still going to be good up North. Like it, it actually creates, in my opinion, more parity because we always talk about wanting parity. Now, is it the way we used to do it? Absolutely not, right? Because now we're giving the players money and we're basically paying $8 million for quarterback, which I think is a little ludicrous, but it's not my money. If Tennessee wants to pay that, so be it. Um, but, you know, but I also think, Dave, that it's going to, it's not even been one year yet, right? The, the one year is July 1st, and every state has a different law. The NCAA has just decided to not do anything about this whatsoever. So in my opinion, it's going to settle out over the next couple of years. But here's why. Look, the $8 million quarterback that, that Tennessee paid for, they're never getting that investment back, okay? We, we know that, okay? So let's say the, the, the best thing happens. They win a, he wins a Heisman or they win a championship. Probably very unlikely both things to happen. Maybe they make their money back. Maybe they don't. Okay. But let's say that he plays. He's good. But, you know, they, they, they still don't win a championship. They don't win the SEC. They're not paying the next guy $8 million. They're paying him four. I don't know, man. I, I get you, but I, I, I forgive me for talking about a 19-year-old as though he's a thoroughbred, but essentially that's the, the, yeah. the equation here. And if you're a deep-pocketed booster, I mean, listen, what if Mitchell Schwartz is like, I want Cal Berkeley. I made a lot of money in pro football, and I want to pay it forward, and I'm willing to pay a kid – uh, you know what? I, I I love my alma mater yeah. so much. I'll, I'll give that kid $2 million out of my own pocket. Isn't that the make good for all teams? Like, why wouldn't Penn State be able, like some some deep-pocketed well, well, booster they, who's a star they, just say, I'm going to do that? Yeah, right? Well, is that, is, so, like so Deon, well, let me just say, like, Deion yeah. Sanders is the canary in that coal mine, right? Like, he goes to, I can't even think where he is, Jackson, Jackson State. State? Yeah. 
he's at Jackson State, and with his star power can lure people down there. He could also dig into his own. Well, I guess he probably wouldn't be allowed to dig into his own pocket as <laughs> no. a coach. But I do think that there's something to that. Isn't that the the optimistic side of things is like, well, anybody can do it. Like, you know, if Louisiana yeah. Tech wants to get great at football, one of their boosters has to step up and yeah. pay somebody a million dollars to come there. Well, the thing about football, too, is you need to pay multiple players, right? Because one's not going to do it. You have to build up a roster of four and five star players that's capable of winning a championship. You have to have that ratio, that blue chip ratio. But here's the thing. So obviously, I'm a Pac-12 guy. I do Pac-12 radio. Washington, okay? Washington. When Nam Jalankis became a thing, all the Washington Husky fans were, oh, my God, Starbucks is up there. And Costco. And all American uh, uh, Alaska Airlines. And like all these corporate Starbucks. All these corporations. They're going to give us so much fucking money. We don't know what to do with it. Oh, my God. Guess how many dollars they've given? Zero, because they don't care about college football. You have to care about college football to want to give money. My brother doesn't care enough about, about the Cal Golden Bears football program to give $2 million. So you have to find people that want your team to be good to give the money away. Because, again, you're giving money away, right? If my brother, for example, if he's paying for a quarterback to go to Cal, he's throwing that money away, basically, right? He's not going to get that money back now. A if you're rich, people, though, it's like you spend yeah, on – it's like if sure, you're a multi-billionaire, but, you buy a team. You buy an entire sure, but, pro but, organization. You buy the team, though. To In the end, they make money on these teams, right? I'm not sure. wrong. They make a lot of money on these teams, and they want to win. Right? They want to do both things. But I think that business people that have been successful all their life don't just throw money at 17-year-olds without eventually being like, yeah, this is kind of stupid. We're not winning. I'm not doing this anymore. Like that's my point. And, and if you're a booster right now – and you are a big booster of a school and you're paying for a facility or your, your name on something, like you're paying for access, right, as well. So you get to go and, and beat functions and talk to the coaches and have some inside information. You're not really doing that with a recruit, right? Like if your recruit shows up at Tennessee, you're not getting any more information from that recruit that you don't already pay for by, you know, by, by hosting the recruiting dinner, right? And so I just don't think we're going to get all these people and corporations just throwing money at teams that like Penn state was your example, right? Like if, if, if the billionaire who's a Penn state uh, alum doesn't give a shit about football, then he's not going to give money to football. I, well, yeah, I, I get it. Uh, But I, but I think the, like I say, the positive spin on this is because I can talk myself into, this is going to only exacerbate the, the standing issue, which is that you can pretty much, uh, right in pen, not even pencil in August, at least two teams that you I mean, I, even if it's not the proper name, Ohio State, you know, Big Ten champ is definitely going to wind up in the final four. SEC champ is probably in one A sure. and the SEC yeah. is probably going to go. So you can kind of do that. I do think my optimistic spin yeah. is, is that, you know, listen, if. I don't know who, I, you know, Kenny better? Pickett. What if Kenny Pickett? Hey, I just signed my contract and I want to keep this role going at my alma mater across the hallway when I go into the building every day. And I want to see some uh, some big stars when I go into to uh, do my stuff at the Steelers facility because it's the same facility. Yeah. as Pitt. Why? I mean, what stops him from giving five hundred thousand dollars to some big name prospect? And by the way, you talk about regional stuff. What I hope is exactly what you're describing. If Starbucks doesn't step up for for the Huskies in Washington, so be it. But anything that makes sports more, give them more of a regional bent. E- each team, I mean. My my the thing I talk about all I've said this ad nauseum. But if I was at St. John's, hire a coach who's like I'm not recruiting outside of New York City. And if you are a, a five star kid. 
um, being recruited around the country and you go outside the city limits instead of representing New York City, shame the devil, then you are a traitor for all of time. Like that should be the angle. And I'm all for that happening at every level as much as it can possibly be done. I like that. Yeah, look, I think it's possible. But again, for St. John's, like you, you have to find someone that already wants to be part of of sports. And I think that's that if you already have the money, you've been a booster to the school, then yes, you were all going to support the school when, when this happens. But if you're not, it's hard to convince someone that really does has not given any money to now again, give money to a collective to pay a 17 year old to come to your school and play fo- you know, basketball or, or, or football. But look, I do think in the end, it could lead to more parity if again, hmm. Oregon USC are better, right? Because of it, AM is better. Miami becomes good again. Um, if a, uh, I'm kind of a school, a, another school in the Big Ten that's paying a lot of money, I'm not sure there's one of them. Um, but you know, you, you find you I know, mean, all, I would think the, the heavyweights, I would yeah, think that Michigan, the Ohio Penn State, State Michigan, they're already, right? They're already good. So I'm trying to think of something of another team that, that's like this, but there are other teams like, like Arkansas spending money. Like, there's other teams that are not just the favorites in the, in the SEC that are doing it, but again. There has not been parity for a while. So the, the argument that this is going to create less parity, well, that's already there. Um, and and I think that allowing, you know, these boosters to spend money, again, Oregon, USC, um, you know, even, even some other schools. Arizona has been spending a ton of money out west as well. They, they had a great recruiting class for – they probably the best uh, recruiting class for one-win team ever. Like it was – I think it was near a top 25 class for one-win team. So I think it, it might end up – bringing more parity to sport, even though it's, you know, the, the quiet part is now loud, right? The quiet part about athletes getting money at college is now loud. It's very loud, very loud, very bold. Um, lots to talk about it. And again, there's no regulation. So um, it allows, you're not supposed to pay for play, right? Like that's the thing you're not supposed to do, but obviously it's, it's here. It's, it's about proving whether or not, you, you know, you can find that. And I just think there'll be a hard time proving that that's what's really happening. Even though we I know. I think the ultimate example is, that is that is stained for all of time is SMU. SMU pops up in the early part of the 80s because they're trying to be competitive in the state of Texas, big time college football down there. They pay for Eric Dickerson and otherwise, and lo and behold, now they're a relevant team. They get the death penalty. But going forward, I, I know this sounds crazy, but that's kind of the model. If you want to become relevant, if you have boosters who care about football, and that's the, the concern. So like yeah. Rutgers, people don't care about football, apparently, in, in that part of the country. So they're not incented to do it. You want to play with exactly. the big boys in SEC country. Everybody, every school has some rich people from it. So you just pay for a kid to go there. And in my book, preferably, it's for the in-state kids. You you don't go find a mercenary who is from L.A. if you're in Arkansas. You you get the kid from whatever town in, in Arkansas and you pay to keep but, him. And that that enhances state pride and all that stuff, which, I, which, I, which is what no I love. At, are you telling me no one at Pittsburgh would be willing to pay Jordan Addison to stay? Or just, or just he just wants to leave? Like, I just think if... You really want a guy to stay? I don't know. It's get, a great question. Like, like, and I think the three million dollars is probably a bit heavy on that deal. Like that, that reported deal that feels. Again, you think about Jordan Addison. It's pretty interesting if you're USC. I made this argument last night on my Pac-12 show. Let's say it's three million dollars. Let's say it is three million dollars. If you're a USC fan, Jordan Addison does not increase your win total at all. You'll be the same good offense. You're going to be good in offense. Now, does it help you recruiting? Does it help you know your your profile? Sure. But what if I told you that three million dollars to buy yourself three defensive players in recruiting what would you rather do 
I don't know, take the three defensive players that I need help. I need pass rusher. I need corner. I need secondary. I need future linebackers, even though they, a bunch of guys transfer in. So like, I would rather take that money, just like an NFL GM, say, hey, I'm not paying Tyreek Hill. I'm going to pay four other guys. I'm not going to pay uh, Jordan Addison. I already have a good wide receiving core. I already have Caleb Williams. We're going to score a bunch of points. I'm not going to pay the $3 million. I'm going to buy myself a defensive end, a corner, an offensive lineman. Like that to me feels like a better strategy if you're trying to build a team. It's almost like an NFL roster, right? Where oh, I, saying, I get it, but you're getting into the nitty gritty. That's fine with me if that's what you're partial to. Well, and you look I, at the I, yeah. you look at the depth chart and you say, here's where our need is. That's, you know, what, but that's what I think. Like, that's what I think we're going to, like, we're going to, that's discussions like they have to have. Schools, schools are having like, who are we prioritize paying? Because um, everyone's trying to get a piece of the money. I just think there are luxury items in life versus things that you're making as a partial investment. Even if you're a multimillionaire, it's like, if you have that loose change, if what, you know, as a, for instance, on, uh, on Sunday, um, you know, I, I was nervous for the big, uh, for the big hockey game. And I said, you know what? I just feel like I need something in my belly and, you know, something good, something to celebrate the event. This is uh this is a rare occasion for one of my teams. And I talked myself into, and my wife, more importantly, into ordering barbecue. And I, I didn't get the half <laughs> from slot. where I didn't, well, it's a place barbecue here okay. in, uh, up in the Valley in Los Angeles. It's a relatively new place, but it's very good. Okay. So you got a full and slab. I got a full slab and I, and she said, Oh my God, what, what that's ridiculous. Look at that. You're like, you're going to eat that. Slab. And I, I felt it and it was, it was heavy. It was it's heavy not a lot like, of meat though. It's it was heavy, like a bunch of bricks. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I see this. I talked myself into over the last few years, like, because I had read enough about ribs are really not very good for you. I knew it, but I really was like, I should stay off the ribs. I should say, I, I talked myself out of something delicious and I apologize to you ribs because I, I, because I reconnected with an old friend. I reconnected like Homer Simpson eating pinchy the lobster in one of the great Simpsons episodes of all time. I ate that swine because that swine wanted me to eat it and it was delicious. Oh, you the whole rack of ribs? I, I polished them, I'm proud to say. I what, anyway. what, what, what size do they offer at this barbecue restaurant? They were baby backs, you know. I, no, I I've no, always, I know that. I'm talking about what, like what's because I kind of size judge, delicious, yeah. delicious. I listen. I'm happy to uh, unpaid, uh, um, you know, endorsement for barbecue. It's um, it's a I, 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 from what I can tell, a mom and pop kind of shop, and delicious mac and cheese I got with it. The baked oh, beans are, oh, baked uh, beans uh, are uh, exceptional, exceptional. I what what you can do with a bean? You think that baked beans don't have a lot of range? As it turns out, in they the right do. hands, oh, they could they could be delicious. All right, listen, I don't want to go on for seventeen hours with you because I and because I think that you don't want to, and I don't think the listener wants to hear us go. On and on. So let's do some football here. Okay. Uh, by the way, uh, again, FS1, Fox Bet Live, Schwartz, Sal, is that your partner on the show yes, on uh, Tuesday? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, so they're breaking it down. NBA, making your uh, your NBA, your NHL series bets, I'm sure, as well. Who do you got very quickly before we jump into some uh, win totals in NFL? Who's your NBA final pick? Um, I think it's going to be the Celtics and the Warriors. Hmm. Um, but I think Miami wins game one tonight. Um, Interesting. Celtics off a short rest. There's not a lot of good numbers for teams off short rest like this. Um, Luca might be the best player in that series, but in the Warriors are just gonna are just better as a team, which I thought Phoenix was too. But what do I know? Celtics, I think are Celtics are Miami and Boston are both good defensively, but the Celtics' ability to score 
is just at a higher rate than Miami's. I think they lose game one, though. I've been on Miami game one, but then Celtics and Warriors take it. would be great, you know, for the NBA to have Warriors Celtics. I think, well, certainly that would be true. And uh, two of the two of the best brands in pro basketball. I do wonder, though, I've been uh, sort of hypothesizing if we're in transition for 20 years, at least it's been, um, you know, the, the league went from big time star with with a nice supporting cast to you need a big three to be competitive yep. in, in the postseason to now it's co- sort of like that. You know, Giannis is too easy, but surround, you know, one superstar who you can pitch the ball in the post to who then can kick it to a uh, a semicircle of of uh, perimeter shooters is the way to get it done now. I don't know that I find it all that satisfying, frankly. I, I don't love watching it. It certainly has blown up my longstanding theory that you that the NBA playoffs are as chalky as any tournament well, gets. Well, no, because you, to your point, like game seven, Boston was 22 of 55 from three-pointer. Right. And Milwaukee was four of 33. Like, that was the difference in the game. Um, you really – it's interesting. You can't – in the NBA, like, a traditional center, you just can't play with them in the playoffs. Like they, I they know. Bam is as close as you get here, right? Or, or, I mean, Draymond, six, six playing center. Like, that. I mean, he plays like a four for them, whatever. Looney plays center. But, I mean, you just, like – that is – you just you know, you just can't do it anymore. There's no – the game is played too fast – it's very perimeter based, and you, you know Aiden, like Aiden, you know he's out. Joker's out, and Bead's out. You can't do it now. So it's, Weird. A, it's, a, it's obviously a change in the way the NBA has gone. But I, I like um, I like Boston and the Warriors, and I think I think um, I'll just pick a Canadian team to make it the finals. Why not in, in hockey? Just one Canadian. There's three left, right, or two? Uh, well, two playing each other on one right. side of things, and then on the other side. Yeah, two, right? So yeah. okay, so uh, about that 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 uh, is it the Alberta series? Is that the like is that the oh, two yeah. Alberta teams? Okay, oh, yeah. how much do Americans? They don't care at all. Like, do hockey no, fans care at all? No, it's too bad. I don't right? care about what I don't care what boosts ratings necessarily. Um, I like goal totals uh, on sure, the rise, but, but, but like, are I don't American think they care. But if you fans, <clears throat> are they are they like, oh my god, these Canadian teams? They, eh. No, I get I get that, and I don't really care about that. I care more about the style of hockey that's being played more than anything else. I, what I like is an impassioned fan base more than more than anything. And I don't mind, uh, you know, paradoxically, and I've been proven wrong because Gary Bettman did put hockey in the Sun Belt, and it has caught on in some towns, not across the board. But Nashville, it's, I mean, yeah, there's some good towns, and I think that those that that battle of Florida is going to be juicy. Is going to be a nice juicy watch too. But yeah, I mean, you know, to rabid Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta teams playing each other. I mean, it's it's I, it's borderline moving when they do the national anthem, when they sing "Oh Canada" and the entire crowd uh, sings along and everything. It's a, it's um, you know you can feel the the civic pride, the national pride, and all so, that stuff. So are they gonna watch. are they gonna do this? And, and by the way, they're, they're, they're those are two not, awesome. Right? Those are two awesome teams. By the way, if you haven't watched hockey, watch the Flames and the Oilers. I say that my Flames, who I've been on with uh, since November. November, um survive that one They're the, the flames jerseys are i'm rooting for the flames because their jerseys are fire the white the white jerseys are well literally they have fire li- i know yeah the oilers ones i, I'm, I could do without them mm, they're all right they're i don't like great. the yeah. florida panthers ones either i'm not a fan of the oh, 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 oh now that's where you're wrong that's where you're wrong see you went too far um all right nfl football let's talk ourselves into all these teams it's very hard to find unders available given my optimistic bent but let's start with your favorite guys the kansas city chiefs 
who I've said, and I'm not just trying to get your goat. I really do mean they're a third or fourth place team in the AFC West. Their their season went. I, uh, okay, you can laugh. You do this every year. I, I no, I don't. Target, no, that's not true. I, I, that's not true. That I the fifth straight year to a yeah, yeah. That's okay. you're goddamn right. I am. You're goddamn right. I am. But let me tell you something else though. I that's 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 bogus. And you push that jive, and then Chiefs fans start hitting me up on social media like, eh, longtime Chiefs haters, suck it. Like, listen, I think the Chiefs are great. I don't think teams are in perpetuity. Uh, a powerhouse team just because they have one of the better quarterbacks, as we've talked about. Mahomes is a victim of, of his own success. Is he demonstrably way, way better than Justin Herbert at this point? Of course he's not. Russell Wilson is a really good quarterback. Derek Carr is good and has a way better, has two better pass catchers than the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes have. One, I mean, I'd much rather have Darren Waller, Devontae Adams than any pass catcher left, including Tyreek Hill as he advances in age a little bit their win total 17 games let's keep it in mind 10 and a half that feels low to me I will go over on that one that's not like I think the Chiefs are a bum team I just think that that division is is yeah sheesh rugged so um I'm, I'm with you on the Chiefs over they've been over 10 uh, 10 and a half wins so in seven of nine years Andy Reid's been there um and they have a they have their schedules whew, it's tough um but here's the thing about the AFC West. I mean, it's so I have, the worst. It's the, it's the worst. worst. Like, yeah, you have to, I, I don't go through games in May no, it's, it's, and it's take off. Like, and then in week seven, I think they might let down a little bit. Like, I'm, I'm not doing that job. It's jive, a pretty rough But just schedule. look at it. That's a, a misery it's, they it's, have. It's a, it's a very tough schedule. Because they have, um, you know, they have obviously the first place schedule, plus I think Tampa Bay is their crossover game, which is in the NFC, which is wild. Um, okay. So, um Here's my take on the other division, though. Okay, so you have you have Russell Wilson in Denver. Okay, everyone's very high on them, but you have a first-time defensive coordinator over from the Rams. Okay, um, who didn't wasn't he was the passing coordinator last year, but never called a defense on his own. And you have Hackett, right, is the first-time head coach uh, in Denver. The last time he was in charge of an offense. Now Matt Lafleur was in charge of the offense at Green Bay. He was in Jacksonville. Go look at the wasn't very good in Jacksonville. Now part of that could be Blake Bortles, but his offenses weren't very good. The assumption that a brand new coaching staff with Russell Wilson, all of a sudden, it's going to be this miraculous 13-win team, I think, is not of reality, okay? Hmm. Look at the Raiders. Their win total, by the way, also. Ten yeah, and a half, I would take the same under for, exact. I would take the under for... Would you really? For yes, for that Damn. reason. We know nothing about the coaching staff. We're just assuming they've... Oh, you know, we keep hearing their quarterback away, their quarterback away. Y- yes, great. But, like, coaching does matter, right? Because we agree that Russell Wilson was held back by Pete Carroll, Right. So we just assume that Hackett's going to come in right away and win 12 games, 13 games. I feels kind of high. Assume um, no, but I will say this. that I Again, I will try because uh, my glass is always half full, as anyone knows. Um, I When you have a rookie coach, you, it, he is to some degree a mystery what he's going to do. He could jump the league. Like, whoa, who saw this one coming? It is very much like what Mike Martz put in place with the St. Louis Rams, like nobody saw it coming and it revolutionized the way teams played. I don't know. Well, now, was that, was that, that, it requires was, optimism to say that, but I don't know what Mike Martz Hackett's also had do. Trent Green getting his ankle broken and Warner coming in and having like the most magical season of all time. Like that just, I, that's a fairy tale. Like I'm not banking this, the, uh, the season on the fairy. And the Raiders, yes, they're talented. We have Josh McDaniels who failed the first time as a head coach. Like 
we're just assuming he's going to be good all of a sudden now. Like, no, we I'm not seen, assuming anything. No, I'm but, just, but, I'm, but, I, but, 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 but my point is like, we're downgrading the chiefs because of the division they play in, which assumes that these other teams are going to be just so much better this year with brand new head coaches. And we have the chargers who always are the chargers, right? So you always have to be like, Oh, I don't know. Uh, they've done a great job this off season. I, I'm with that. But like they is Staley did is he adaptable? Is he changing a little bit what he's doing? Or is he gonna not go for the 20 yard line with 80 yards to go for a touchdown in a in a meaningful game? Like, come on, man. Like, I just think we we know with Kansas City, yes, their offense will take a step back. I think what's gonna happen with Kansas City, first six weeks of the season, eight weeks, the offense is not gonna be what we expect. Everyone's gonna do the same thing. Oh my god, oh my god, the Chiefs offense. Oh, and then by the end of the season day, they're gonna be top five in efficiency because they're gonna figure it out, they're gonna be fine. Defensively, obviously, they need to kind of work some guys in. But I get the best coach and best quarterback in the division. Like, I think undervaluing the Chiefs and then overvaluing these other teams with question marks of coaching don't doesn't seem like a recipe for success. So I like the Chiefs to win the division and win 12 to 13 games again. Hmm. All right. Listen, I, I mean, they tuned up the defense a little bit from free agency yeah. and through the draft. They, 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 they did improve there. I do think a guy like Juju, given if if the league's premises, although without Tyree Kill there, maybe that changes things. But, you know, Sky Moore, Juju, uh, and who's the other addition that they had, uh, pass catcher-wise? Um, uh, Scalding. But the okay. All right. Yeah. Well, he's fast. Okay. So, well, yeah, if, if, if he's, if, he, if MVS is, if the, if the notion with him is, Run as fast as you can in a straight line. Take the top off the defense <laughs> yeah. and everything else. All day long, he can he can go Kelsey, Juju, Juju, Kelsey. He could do that. And Sky Moore, too. I, I think, again, it's going to take some time for the offense. I'm not saying they're going to come out and week one and just be this incredible offense. I, I, I definitely don't think that. Um, but I do think, like, I trust Andy Reid has had many different quarterbacks, many different personnel, like, and they've always been good, whether it's in Philly or at least the last year, it wasn't good, but he's always had good offenses. Philly, Kansas City, Alex Smith, Pat Mahomes, Donovan McNabb, Kevin Cobb. Is that Kevin Cobb was with him, right? Michael Vick. Like, mm-hmm. he's had good offenses. So to think that they're not going to be good because of one wide receiver feels foolish to me. Even though Tyreek Hill is very good, obviously. Well, the other thing that's correct. Right. Well, that's the thing that's now gone. I don't think MVS is that guy. I don't no, think Michael I, Hardman is, think, or maybe it is a way to approach things sincerely. I, but, I, but I don't think that. But is I the swing pass, as you always said, they could yeah. run the ball. Yeah, Instead, they, they choose to swing it out to yeah. Tyree Kill on what is essentially a running back run yes. by throwing it to him at the sideline and letting him shake a guy. And that is more often than not getting you a first down because yeah. the defense was spooked by him. I don't think that's that's the ben, it the, there the, for you anymore. The Ben Roethlisberger pass. You son um, of a bitch. You so, son of a bitch. <laughs> but um, I just, I it's interesting, just a, 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 a team building philosophy thing here. So Kansas City was like, we're not going to pay Tyreek Hill X amount of money. Goodbye. Uh, Devontae Adams, I guess, wanted out of Green Bay is the story, but they could have been like, hey, man, we'll, we'll give you $28 million a year. We're, we're, we're going to beg you to stay. They said, nope, goodbye. And Tennessee, Tennessee's done a lot of winning. Yeah, they haven't won the big game, but they've done a lot of winning. Vrabel's been a good coach. John Robinson's been a good general manager. They're like, you know what, A.J. Brown, see you later. We don't need you anymore. So three teams that have done a lot of winning over the last five years are like, you know what, we're not going to pay the wide receiver. The, the Dolphins – who have been the playoffs, what, twice in 20 years? Same for the Raiders. The Eagles have been better, obviously, uh, with Hurts. They won a title five years ago, but not with the same staff, obviously. And they're like, you know what? We're going to pay the wide receiver. We're going to – it's like – I don't know. It's interesting. The the successful teams are like, you know what? We don't want to do it. The Ravens have – who's a wide receiver for the Ravens? Nobody? Me and you? I don't know. 
they're, they've won a lot of football games. Like, yeah, we're not going to need those guys this year. They're a little extreme, obviously. But a lot of good teams are saying, you know what? We're not going to pay that guy anymore. So I'm curious. At the end of the year, we, we can obviously come back and review this. But I'm curious if that team-building philosophy wins out for those teams. And, and it is and, that's it is really a, a significant thing because uh, what you're getting at over the next five years or so and how teams approach contracts with that position, it's sort of like we say center in the NBA has gone the way of the dodo bird yeah. on the heels of running back in the NFL. And yeah. I wonder if wide receivers sort of like there's no reason to do that because there's so many good ones in the college pipeline. Correct. Why would you ever pay that kind of bank to a guy? I, I, I completely get that. But in the here and now, Russ uh, in Denver doesn't have to. He is always one of the great examples of a guy who was tugging a team into playoff relevancy well past the point that they should have been there. I mean, they, they, that was a, a very mediocre roster in some seasons, and yet they were oh, still yeah. always on the border or into the postseason oh. because of Russ. Now Javante Williams is a legit stud. I, As I've said a million times, and I'll say again. You don't pay a running back a second contract, but that doesn't mean that uh, the the idea that they're fungible. And I get that there are numbers that kind of disprove what I'm saying. But a guy, a difference maker like Javante Williams can kind of tug an otherwise talented offense that has some nice pieces pass catching wise and everything else. I, you know, I think I think you're sleeping on them just a tick because you're assuming negative stuff with the head coaching because you say that we don't know. But, you know, as long as it's. As I hear you about Andy Reid. Listen, it's not what he did with Donovan McNabb or Patrick Mahomes. It's what he did with A.J. Feely and uh, and Ty Detmer. That those yeah. guys could be plugged in and win games in the NFL. Oh, yeah. what, that's Andy Reid, proof of Andy Reid's genius. But, okay, that's Denver. Then we go to – so you're going under 10 and a half there. Denver, then let's yeah. look at the Raiders. That's another team. I hear you, but, you know, I don't know. People grow, don't they? Josh McDaniels sure. wanted – we talked to David Carr – uh, a month ago, and he told us that De- that Josh McDaniels was actively trying to get Derek Carr via trade to New England the last couple of years. I mean, that's I don't know if you uh, uh, ascribe um, extra magic to a QB who that offense that I, I don't know if you heard they did really well in some Super Bowls this millennium. If Josh McDaniels circles you as the guy. Shouldn't that be a positive? And then the pushback on that is he went out of his way to trade for Tim Tebow. So maybe erase, yeah, uh, cut yeah. that Eddie Spaghetti, cut I, that point. That was a bad point. I, I no, just think, but, I just think we just don't like to me, the Raiders and really the Broncos, I, I would say not to wager, to not wager on them for win totals. Like I, I would go under for Denver. I'm not wagering on that. Okay. Well, the Raiders are eight. Yeah. I think eight, for me, 17 games. They went to the playoffs last year. They I, were a throw away in Cincinnati from the yeah, team. Everybody's still swooning over. They were I, a pass away from overtime in that game and some, at least questionable. I, I only calls. have a few minutes left, so if we want okay. to get to the, the Bengals overreaction for 2022, we can. Oh, do I that do want to hear that for a couple. Of minutes. Okay, well, tell I, me. I so you're going under eight, so I, it's going to no, be a real bump season. Say, there. No, I would just. I think eight or nine is about right. I would just stay away from the Raiders. I just. I think Vance is telling you, like, hey, man, we kind of just don't believe in this team because otherwise, why would they be at eight wins after after all the things they've done this offseason? That's like, they're, mean, they're, given they're, their teams in there. Well, they're, they're right there behind uh, one of the casinos, the Raiders Stadium. So that's hurtful stuff um, there on the Vegas Strip. Uh, Chargers are 10. And of course, I think this is way too low. How say you? I would say over two. But again, it's the Chargers. And, and they find, continually find ways to be the Chargers. So it, I would say over. I, I think if I were to put money on any of these wagers, I'd go Chiefs and Chargers over. And I stay away from Denver and and uh, Vegas. But I would say over. for. I think it's Chiefs are... 
you know, 12 to 13 wins, probably 12. And I think the, the Chargers can definitely get to 11 wins. All right. I want to hear your thoughts on on uh, the, the Bungles. But I just I, I just, I just want to say about the Chargers yeah. before you get them with, with with the Chargers specifically point out to me mediocrity. I'm not talking about like every, uh, you know, as the as the the rhetoric goes and is largely correct is like, well, any team in the 21st century and free agency and otherwise has a flaw. You can't cover all your bases in football to mix uh, sports metaphors there. But um, uh, I, I mean, at worst, they're they're league average at positions. They're they're so loaded up. I can't imagine how the Chargers aren't dynamite this year. I'm with you. No, I agree. But they just continue to do Charger things. And that, when they stop that, they'll be much better. But I think I would go over for them. I think they're ready to make that jump. I really do. Okay. Uh, and lastly, on those uh, those AFC defending champion, Joe Burrow led. I- Cincinnati just, Bengals, the total on them, a lot of people will be surprised by that. Nine and a half. Yeah, I actually am more bullish on those Ravens who are due for. Thank you. A, they're going to drop off. They're going to the, drop off the, after the Ravens, the Ravens. The Ravens win the AFC North is my favorite wager in this entire offseason. Hmm. I do. I, the Ravens ha- last year lost the most snaps to, to productive players in the NFL. And that's before before Lamar got hurt. They were eight and three missing like 18 starters. And then they, he got hurt, and they they, they lost they, they lost the last five games. Like I really don't get why people are so low on the on the Ravens this year. I, I get it, no wide receivers, fine, but every year they win. I, it's, a, it's a regular season win total, not playoff win total. And to me, you look at the rest of of look the Steelers. I think this year uh, it's hard to bet against Mike Tomlin. We've, he's proven that year after year, but. They're breaking new quarterbacks, right? It's going to be a different oh, so why that, that, this this weird like ranking that maybe they will finish five and twelve or no, whatever. No, no, no. I, I don't really think, I don't think that low. But well, people have like, them way down there in the nah, overall rankings for what those they're, matter. They're six, I think they're six to eight wins, maybe nine wins. I, I don't. Again, they're going to win just, nine games. Spoiler: well, you they're going to win nine yeah, games. Okay, why I'm always games. right. Well, I mean, it's not like I'm a homer no, who you, just throws that out. They they do always do that. My thing with the Bengals is like, if you look at last season, their playoff run. Um, you know, they won all those games at the last second, okay? And let's say they lose to the Titans, okay? Are Could we have lost the to same, the Broncos? Are we having the same conversation that we had that we're having now if we lost if they like they made it to the game and now we're just gonna overreact to what happened last season? Like I think the Ravens win that division. Um, I'll say it right now, I think they do. Um, I think the, the, the Bengals make the playoffs, uh, but also a lot depends on Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson plays all season, that changes that division, I think, right? If he, I think the assumption well, is sure. out for eight games um, or or longer, and then he hasn't played in a year and a half, and when he comes back, things start slow. But if Deshaun Watson plays all season, again, unlikely, then that changes the whole division. So I, I just, Ravens are plus 200, I think, to win the North. I, I That's my favorite future of the season i like I, it very much and i'm with you on that win total nine and a half feels super duper low on how good they look coming down the stretch there and obviously in january but yes i think people get off the rails and start decreeing stuff even al michaels proved immune to it at the super bowl like hey joe burrow nothing to hang his head about because he's got multiple lombardies in the future like they only give out the one they're not I, just I, they're not just everybody with, winning I, super bowls it's will, not I, as easy as that I do have to go, but I want to end okay. with this. I, I want to give you some props before we leave. All right. You had you have said for years, not for years, a couple of years now, to slow down the Pat Mahomes winning like five Super Bowl train. And I have said to you, yes, I agree with you on that. But you know, I think he'll win two or three. I, I, don't, I don't. You might be looking right. Like I think you're more of the like slow down, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
you might be closer to being right than anyone else because you were. Well, he doesn't get to play for 40 years. It's well, like there, there's yeah, a cap you, you, on how you, many years a guy has the in the one, league. You were like one of the loud voices of like, hey, guys, take a step back. I think Pat Mahomes is great, but like just don't assume they're going to win five Super Bowls next 10 years. I like, I'm going to give you some credit there. Well, I mean, yes, Tom Brady and the Patriots warp things. It still is inexplicable what happened. Uh, that, that went on for as long as it did. Um, I could make cynical remarks, but, you know, it, it really did skew what we assume is possible. Just because you are great and Pat, Patrick Mahomes is certainly that, he is also making more bank. All right, we, we, now, now we're getting into um, well-worn yeah. territory. I do think the cynicism, just to answer your question, Lamar Jackson now – is still a slender guy. And I, nobody is, I talk about things I've advocated for for 30 years of my life. Like, why doesn't a team run the option? Oh, Dave, you don't understand pro football. The guys at that level are too fast. You would never be able to get away with that. You can, but at some point you're going to break. And, Correct. you know, I think that's the problem for the Ravens yeah. long term is you just can't take lickings. Correct. Year I'm after year. It's, you're going to slow down. That's the way it goes. I'm, I'm not. I think he's an no, awesome I'm, 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 unique talent, but you just can't keep playing that way forever. He's, you know, it's now going to be what year five for him. So anyway. yeah, I agree. Want to throw out another prop or is that that we've uh, we've enjoyed? I, I have got to. My right, go. time has been uh, been fine. Screw been exhausted. I know we went too far. I thought we'd go. I'm sorry. Minutes. It's okay. Really it, ne it never happens. Twenty I'm minutes. The worst. Forty-five I'm the worst. minutes is okay. All right. No, it's crazy. All right, Schwartz. You're Always the top love coming spouse. on. Take care, everybody. All right, Big Boys All Club. Right. Track it down. All right, Spaghetti. Let's uh, let's bring it on home here. Good stuff from Schwartz as always. Interesting conversation about uh, college football. I thought uh, let's give our NHL. We get you can listen to our NBA picks on uh, on extra points from Monday that we did, but uh, let's go series here, depending on when people jump in on this. Uh, sure. you, may, you may miss game one here. Um, I'm looking for the series odds here. Apologies. But um, but anyhow, uh, why don't you start us off? Why don't you give us your pick yeah. uh, on, on uh, your series there? Canes, yeah, yeah. Well, Whalers. Yeah. I like to call them the Whalers, but uh, either way, Canes, uh, blue shirts, go. By the way, uh, yeah, we'll give our series picture now, but if you do go on fanduelcom slash minus three, there are some really good series specials bets you can get to. I like a lot of those. I know I gave ah. out a few um, last round, um, specifically like the Kings Oilers. Like I knew that series after three games would have been 2-1 Oilers. Like I nailed that one. Obviously made some money too off the Blues and Rangers winning their series. But a lot of fun stuff over at Fandle. But for my series picks, um, we'll start with the East. I want to start with my series, the Rangers. They're plus money, 172. Um, there's no reason really to bet the Rangers in this unless you think that uh, the defense is going to play a lot better and the offense will be more consistent and uh, and Igor will stand in his head and, and steal multiple games because the uh, the Hurricanes just really match up well against the Rangers. They have a ton of former Rangers on this team. Uh, they, they play uh, like a similar style of hockey to the Penguins, but I think just more a, a complete team, a deeper team now. You could say they are having some goalie struggles too, obviously with uh, Ronta and Ned. They have backup goalie problems. Um, so, look, there's always a chance the Rangers to win. I think it will be at least a six- or seven-game series. But I think the smart move to bet probably would just to stay in the Hurricanes at minus 210, which is kind of lofty. But, um, you know, they've been the better team in the matchups head-to-head. -head. I, I, I think that's relevant. But I also think that people talk themselves in on both sides, as people do to insulate themselves from pain, as I mentioned earlier, is they say, well, I mean, I certainly sincerely feel this way, that the Penguins, I wanted them to win a round. Um, because I, uh, the gauntlet of, uh, 
you know, Canes and then whoever survives the the Florida series and then presumably the Avs, that would be 12 more victories would have been difficult. I, I think people have determined and I think Rangers fans talk to themselves, well, we were going to beat the Canes. These are two very similar kinds of uh, teams. Uh, Anthony Ranta is uh, is a backup ultimately. So I, I don't think it's crazy to take that. The odds are, are pretty close on that one. I guess I'll take the Canes to your point because of uh, uh, because of the way they've played head to head. But you know, I mean, you, you're you're talking about uh, Igor who who kind of found his game. I will say, I it did, was yeah. it was the creed though in the intermissions and everything, and and by the play by play guys, like the proclamation: Igor is back, and then, now he's awesome again. It's like. Didn't uh, cover himself in glory on two of those goals. I thought the the Heinen goal was soft that uh, got the Pens back into the game, and I thought the uh, I think he got he got jammed up in deciding whether or not to uh, to try and beat um, Rodriguez to the puck on the thing, and so he tried to sink back into his net, and he got beat on a goal that wasn't great there either. But either way, he is obviously the superior goalie, so I think uh, that gives him a chance to get it done. And the other one, the battle for Florida, should be juicy. I. I just really don't want Tampa to win. Um, so I'm going to make a fan pick here. Panthers minus 164 to win the series. I do think legitimately that, you know, you can tip your cap to the lightning at the trade deadline. They really did get that, th- th- their bottom six right. Um, but you can, I, I, I started to see, it feels like they're a little gassed. I think that, you know, this is their third postseason run here. I think the Panthers are highly talented. They had to vanquish the beast of expectation. I think they did that by surviving the Capitals. I think that uh, that they handled these Lightning. How say you? Uh, I like the Lightning plus 134. It's a nice number on them and the, the back-to-back defending champs. I also think if you look at the two you know, first-round series, they played uh, obviously both long series for each of these teams. But, I, you know, I did pick the Leafs to, to represent the, the ECF. Um, the, the in the preseason here, and if you're going to compare the Leafs to the Capitals, I mean the Capitals for a large stretch of the season were a pretty bad team and uh, team that nobody took seriously, and they took Panthers to the ropes. And it's coming back to kind of what I said about this Panthers, the makeup. It, you know, it, it's the Lightning are a complete team. They have the defense, they have the 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 bottom six, they have the goalie, uh, they have a, a team that a goalie that never loses um, after a loss. So I like the Lightning in this series. If you had a bet, you get the, obviously the better odds with uh, with Tampa being the underdog, and uh, to me. I think they're going to they're, they're really going to another six, seven game series. And I think Lightning could win this one. Uh, Avs to jump over to the Campbell Conference. It's the Avs and the Blues. This one, I think everybody rightly is expecting the Avs to to take care of business. Blues, yeah. very good. Rugged bunch. Obviously, it's funny how those things work. Like they win their cup just before COVID. And I knock the bubble titles that were won in, in a couple of sports. But it is funny how I, I the a lot of that core, I mean, not entirely, obviously, but there's still some guys that were out on the ice against the Bruins not very long ago winning the Stanley Cup. I think people expect a walk over here, and I'm one of them, but, I'm, but I am advocating for the Blues as not some bum collection, you know, who's, who's a few years away. This is still a legit team. They made a nice push there at the back end of the season. Abs minus 400. I think you got to get it juicier than that. I think you got to look at some of the series specials, uh, series total of games, maybe bet a sweep 
I don't think that's crazy. Plus 410, if you really believe in the Avs, or go five games, plus 220. I think I would circle one of those two and ride with that because I do think that the Avs are on a mission this year and they are unstoppable and will at minimum get to the final this year. How say you? Uh, I totally agree with the odds. You get no value in betting uh, the Avalanche to win the series. I do think this is a tougher matchup for the Avalanche and the Predators, where Predators are dealing with some injury issues. And those middle games in the series, we remember, obviously they had a goalie interference call themselves. They got overturned, and they had a couple other uh, the, the overtime games. So there were some tight games in that series, and I think the Blues – our team that has some jam and I think they they will slow down the the high-flying uh, avalanche offense in, in some uh, games this series which is why I do like series uh, the correct score after three games you get the avalanche two blues one it's plus 112 a little, obviously a little better odds than betting a minus 400 I mean yes the avalanche will win the series we don't have to spend any more time on that but I think after three games I think the blues will steal and they'll find a way to grit themselves to a to a close victory I think you know if they had had a cup and they were super talented and like, well, of course the Avs are a steamroller. I think the Avs are on a mission. I don't think they mess around. You know, like as as I say, if they had a cup in their back pocket, maybe I could see this one going six or seven and then getting serious as it uh, as it goes along there. I think the Avs are going to press to make quick work of the Blues. I think they are able to do that in four or five games. And then lastly, the one that I'm really excited about. Battle of Alberta, Flames, Oilers, Juicy, you know, Provincial Pride, all that. I'm taking the Flames. I've been with them all year. I think McDavid's rise in these playoffs is what it's all about. You heard me say it a million times. I love when the biggest stars rise up in the biggest moments. McDavid certainly did that for his bunch to solidify not just being great, but being able to come through with all the pressure in the world on his shoulders Nevertheless, I just like the bang of the flames. I think that they're they're too physical for these Oilers. I think they can push them around a little bit. And I just continue to say, if you have not watched, well, watch the Oilers because there's nothing there's nothing comparable to the to the wheels. He's he's a he's a ghost out there, just flying faster than the human beings can keep up with. Um, but I mean, check out these check check out these flames. I mean, the, the, their goalie consumes the entire goal. It's unfair. Like they shouldn't. Like I, I always used to say, what if you just put a morbidly obese man between the pipes? How would you ever score? Like it's kind of that effect. It's it, it, when you look at it visually, like where am I supposed to shoot the puck? This isn't this, this ain't fair. So, anywho, flames not great value there, but uh, at minus one ninety four. But uh, that's my pick for that series. I'm I'm just um, gonna sit back and enjoy that one. Uh, it should be fun. It should be uh, you have a high flying team versus, like you said, the gritty, the, the team with jam, the Calgary Flames. Uh, but like, but Dar- lots Dar- of high skill, too. Don't well, ju- just going to say, Daryl Suter already said they, they deserve to win that game versus the Stars because they had like hundreds of shots. I mean, they could pour it on as well. Uh, and also shout out to the Stars to make that a really great series. The, they, they did match up well against them in the regular season. Uh, so no surprise there. If you're an Oilers fan, you got to be really disappointed. Yes, you won the series versus the Kings. The Kings are a team that uh, probably just ahead of schedule. And I mean, the Oilers, you're on the brink of, of losing again the first round with the best player in the game or the top five to seven player in the game. And uh, that's got to feel pretty, uh, pretty upsetting. And this Calgary Flames team uh, who, this, you know, despite almost getting knocked out themselves, they are a very good, complete team with a lot of uh, aspects you want for a cup winner. And I would not be shocked if the, the Flames actually hoist the cup. So I like them to win this series. Uh, and I think this is going to be some rough times ahead for the Edmonton Oilers. Boy, I, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I wonder what the fallout will be if uh, the Flames mop them up. But, I, you know, I say like, oh, well, the Avs are going to get to the final. They're on a mission and all that stuff. If they catch the Flames, that's going to be an all-timer. I think, goes I, seven. I, think I think they'd hammer. I think they'd. I, I think the Avs would hammer the Oilers. I think if you get 
Flames yes. Avs, I think that would be, I, I think people may not be aware of the Flames, but, you know, give them a watch and, and get back to me and, and uh, tell me that Colorado should, should uh, you know, dominate. They certainly won't. Yeah, Markstrom plus 1,100 too to win the Consumite as well. So hmm. there's uh, a lot going on for the Flames. Eh, Jay Hockey looking uh, pretty pretty good there with the with that big goal maybe that launches him into this round anyway there you go i'm not gonna watch any of it i gotta it's it's my rule i'm a man of honor a man of integrity it wouldn't be right for me to watch the first game or two i have to i have to distance myself from it but then i'll get back to it. maybe by the weekend i'll start watching puck again i'm not ready yet uh anyway you enjoy it um best wishes to everybody uh with your nba and your nhl teams as they move forward in this critical time and uh, and we'll be back with Hench in a couple of days. We'll get his thoughts big times for him with the Celts going right now. Thanks to Jeff Schwartz for Eddie Spaghetti. We'll talk to you in a couple of days. Till then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.